I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News, and it's that time for the Jack Riccardi Show. Hey, Christian Blood, how are you? Doing swell. It's Friday. How could you yeah. not be doing great, you know? Yeah. Nice crisp weather. Yeah. Little, uh... Little uh, snap, uh, crackle, and pop in the air. Um, are you a soccer fan? Do you watch the World Cup? Oh, yeah. I lived in Madrid for almost five years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I guess it's a big deal that uh, Qatar has announced, apparently rather late in the proceedings, because they're hosting the, the World Cup, that they're not going to sell beer in the stadium. Unless... You've unless got it's a Bud lot, Zero. No, unless you've got a lot of money. <laughs> right. Yeah, and they're going to sell it in the in the luxury boxes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the 99% of the people that are not in the luxury boxes can buy non-alcoholic Bud Zero, which will <laughs> that'll be just fine. That's just as, you know, they'll be happy with that. Um did I wonder if the Budweiser people had been made aware of this uh, rule before they paid a lot of money to be the official beer of the World Cup? Based on what I'm seeing, and there may be more information about this, because I've seen pictures of, of, you know, cases and cases and coolers mm. full of Budweiser mm. at the location. Mm. And so it seems like Budweiser did not mm. know about this, which leaves me wondering of all the yeah. places you could hold the World Cup, why yeah. there? Well, I'm also thinking there's a vice president at Budweiser who's going to be looking for a new job very soon because <laughs> you, you had one. You had one job. How do you miss that? And then it's a, it's a Muslim country. They don't. Yeah. They, there's no public drinking. And you've had to rearrange the schedules to to have the World Cup now as opposed to the summer because of the extreme heat. I, I, I find it hilarious, I but I know that's mean of me because I'm not really a soccer fan. I'm sure this is a big deal for soccer fans. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be laughing if I was one of them, but I am laughing because this just this is insane. I mean, yeah, you know. Alcohol and, and sporting events go hand in hand, and you you had one job. I mean, what's the point of being the official beer of an event where where alcohol is not permitted? I'd love to see the TV ad they're going to make out of that. Jack Riccardi with the deep questions. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, no, I mean, hopefully it'll get better than that, but I wanted to start with that anyway. So last time I checked, uh, good afternoon, by the way. Welcome to our dreadful little show. Um, I, I keep checking. I keep checking for you so that you will be up to date. And the last time I checked, a few minutes ago, Twitter uh, is still alive. And the reason I mention this is because there's a big controversy going on uh, that Elon Musk is killing Twitter because people are leaving Twitter in droves. The employees are leaving Twitter in droves because he has told them they're going to have to work hard, that there aren't going to be a lot of perks and freebies, and and uh, you know he's taken away their uh, their meal service, and so basically, um, as people are leaving Twitter, they and others are saying, "Well, this is it. This is going to kill Twitter. This is it for Twitter. It's dead. It it, it can't make it without us." And this reminds me a little bit. Remember when we talked a while back about the people that work at Starbucks that are unionizing? And they're like, uh, you know, we're, we work really hard. It's a high-pressure environment, and we should be paid more money. And I'm I'm thinking you put the hot liquid in the cups. You know, it's not a, it's not a career. It's a job. You've got a graduate degree. You're doing this for now. 
you're not unionizing, you're not vital, other people can do it. It's If you think this is high pressure, wait till you get your next job, because all jobs have pressure. But the, the when we would play the sound bites of the Starbucks workers that were striking or threatening to strike if they couldn't form a union, they would talk about how indispensable they were to the company, and obviously the company doesn't think so. And I, I don't know a lot about... Uh, the tech sector, but it will be very interesting if it turns out that he only needs like 10 or 20% of the workforce that was there when he arrived. Imagine what that will do to the rest of the tech industry. So, I mean, I don't know how many people, it sounds like a joke, right? How many people does it take to run Twitter? Uh, but we're about to find out. Um, do you think Elon Musk is killing Twitter or do you think he's making it better? I see where you put the Babylon B back on Twitter. Um, so, and I know a lot of people really probably don't care one way or the other, but if you're interested in this, I'm, I'm kind of curious how you think from what you, if you use Twitter, uh, what, what do you think is different about it or better about it? Or do you think he's going to kill it? Or do you think these people are going to leave and, and it will die because they're so important. They're so valuable to the company. Um, I, in my experience, and I'm, I'm including myself in this, most people in most jobs, overestimate the ability of their replacement. Does that make sense? The ability for them to be replaced. Uh, and so when you leave in a place and you're throwing it, you know, the throwing the shooting the rod behind you as you leave with your cardboard box and you're like, you'll be, you'll be sorry suckers. No, I'm thinking like 99% of the time they're okay without you. So that's what I would say to the Twitter uh, people. Um, there's a lot more fact checking. I'll tell you this. There's a lot more fact checking on Twitter of people on the left as well as people on the right, and they don't like it. Uh, Elizabeth Warren was fact checked, uh, about a claim she made on student loan debt forgiveness. Um, and they're, they're, uh, screaming and yelling. She tweeted, let's be clear. President Biden has legal authority to cancel student debt. Twitter flagged the statement. Quote, readers need added context. Uh, people might want to know. Experts disagree on whether the president can authorize widespread debt cancellation. So they're allowing people to fact check these, uh, tweets from powerful lefties and they hate it. This has never happened before. Another guy named Brian Cohen, I've never heard of him, but he's got a blue check. He uh, tweeted about um, Glenn Youngkin, that Glenn Youngkin in Virginia had a bill that would prohibit the teaching of Dr. Martin Luther King, and they added context to that because that's a lie. So that's our question on the JR poll. Will Musk kill Twitter or make it better? 210-599-5555. A couple of people wrote to me today and said that The View, which I don't watch. I know we play a lot of clips from it, but believe it or not, I don't watch it. Um, the View is talking about Ron DeSantis and Carrie Lake. And um, i apparently really freaking out about them. Um, DeSantis, because um, he's mean and clever is the word they used and carrie lake who's the at the moment the losing candidate for governor in arizona because she wears too much makeup let me take that second one first so here's a show with all women on it right 
the purpose of the view when it was started by Barbara Walters was empowering, giving women a voice in 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 uh, the affairs of the nation. And here's a, here's a bunch of five women, uh, basically uh, hissing and gossiping about another woman for how much makeup she wears. Here's my question: Couldn't we just have guys do that? I think you could get a panel of guys that would make fun of of how a woman looked. We don't need women for that. We, in fact, men have been doing that way longer. We have more experience. But imagine they're so freaked out. She's the losing candidate. She didn't win. They're so freaked out, they're making fun of her appearance. And then about Ron DeSantis, I keep telling you that the, the unhingedness over Ron DeSantis points the, the neon arrow right at him. That is, that is exactly what they are afraid you will do, that you will choose in 2024, at least so far. Uh, what else is in the news today? Okay, um, you probably know that uh, they've appointed a special counsel, the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, has appointed a special counsel for Trump. Uh, and the White House is again claiming that they did not know he was going to do this and had no involvement in it whatsoever. In fact, I think the White House at this point is denying that they even know who Merrick Garland is. Like, we, we're not familiar with, could you, yeah, no. Uh, remember Tony Bobolinsky? He was the guy that Tucker Carlson kept interviewing about Hunter Biden. Well, they talked to him now that the Republicans are saying when they get the majority in January, they're going to investigate Hunter Biden. And Tony Bobolinsky, if you remember, was one of Hunter Biden's business partners. He was, he was hooked up with, uh, with them on the China thing. And he's excited about the Republican congressman, Jim Comer, announcing this investigation. Um, and he says, uh, this is really going to lead to something. This, this is going to be big. Um, I don't know. Like I said yesterday, I, I, I've seen the Republicans do this many, many times and then not deliver. So I'll be pleasantly surprised if they do, but I'm not too sure. Remember Valerie Bertinelli? The actress Valerie Bertinelli? She says on Twitter uh, regarding Hunter Biden's laptop, nobody cares. Is she right or wrong, do you think? I, I mean, it's kind of random that I would cite her, but I saw it in my travels and I thought I would bring it up. Um, I, wondered, I, I do wonder how many people care uh, about the Hunter Biden thing. I'm not, I'm not defending him, and I'm not saying they should investigate it. In fact, I'm really hoping they do. But um, we're almost at a point now where people are so convinced that anyone who gets to the top of American politics is corrupt. They see every member of Congress coming out of Congress exponentially richer than when they went in. They, they know that, that it's, a, it's a racket. They know already, they, they already know that the leading families, right, in both parties, it's a racket. They know there's insider trading, right? They know all this. So my question is, are we, are we expecting the Hunter Biden investigation? Let's say they find all kinds of smoking guns. Are we expecting that to hit harder than it's really going to hit? Or are, are a lot of people, again, maybe not you, but I'm, I'm asking you how you think the public will take this. Are a lot of people going to react to this like, well, yeah, of course, you know. Is the Pope Catholic? You know, I mean, it, 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 it has that kind of, 
we figured they were corrupt feel to it, right? So I'm just curious. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be interested to see where this goes, how serious the Republicans are. They're gonna, they're gonna be called all, they're not gonna be celebrated for doing this like the January 6th committee. The January 6th committee was practically the founding fathers. They were lauded and heralded and praised and they were so brave. When the Republicans start forming these committees and having these hearings, it'll be the, just the opposite. We'll be hearing uh, you know, they'll be playing old clips of Joe McCarthy and it's a witch hunt and have you no shame. And they'll be playing Arthur Miller's The Crucible. And, you know, so I don't know if the Republicans can even stay the course on this. But if they do and if they were to find what you and I think they would, which is that, yeah, this this Biden family is running a a, a grift. And I hate to say this, I hate to be so pessimistic and cynical but is this going to be something that people feel like they already knew? Like, I didn't need an investigation. I could have told you this. Um, on the JR poll, will Elon Musk kill Twitter or make it better? I, I, I'm, I'm pretending to care. I really, I, I don't really care. I use it, but I, I could live with or without it. Uh, I know some people are very, you know, really love it and they're on it all the time. And I, I'm curious to know if you're a Twitter user, uh, how you feel about the way things are going. I do take an interest in this disgruntled employee exodus thing where people are saying he can't make it without us i i have the feeling he can i have the feeling that we're going to find out uh you can run these these platforms with way fewer people than they had and when that happens there'll be a lot of companies suddenly reducing their uh their workforce david is on 550 and 1071 KTSA. David, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jack. Good to be on again. So what do you think about Elon Musk and Twitter? Is he killing it or saving it, or what is he doing? <laughs> um, I don't think he's going to kill it, not hardly. Well, all yeah. these people that are leaving are acting like you can't you can't run it without us. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's it, it looks like a it looks like a pretty um it's a platform, you know. I mean it's not it's not like it's an assembly line or it's a factory or it's something where you're, you know, cooking gourmet meals. I, I wouldn't think it would take very many people to run it. Uh, that's absolutely correct. And also, it's, it's uh, trivial. I wonder if these people understand that he runs SpaceX and uh, Neuralink and uh, the Hyperloop sending rockets into space. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, he has no idea what he's doing, David. Obviously, yeah, he's a... No. Total. And, he's a total yeah. uh, newbie when it comes to business. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, great minds gravitate towards him, so he'll uh, he'll find people to replace. But probably people. That imagine the conceit. Imagine the conceit. You're some. You're some. Uh, you know, Silicon Valley yuppie, and you're like, yeah, the guy that invented a car company. <laughs> he can't run this outfit without me. If he takes away my latte, I'm out of here. Yeah, and they loved him, by the way, two years ago. Oh, they, a lot of them have Teslas. Yeah, yeah. They they went from loving him to he's the worst yeah. person uh, since Hitler. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, David, I'm with you. I I don't think he bought it to kill it, and I think uh, he's going to no. show people you can run it with a lot less uh, of these bedwetting Silicon Valley types. It's just not a good look. When look, I I'm in a business that had ma- major staff reductions. You know, we've, 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 we've greatly reduced the number of people that work in radio stations, including this one. And it's painful. And I, I get it. I hate it. But you, you, you can't take the attitude that, oh, if they don't retain me, 
it's it's all over because that's just too easily disproven, you know. Um, speaking of journalists, what is uh? Can, we talked a little bit about this, I think, yesterday, the day before. Why is no one in journalism, quote, I'm doing air quotes, covering what's happening at NBC News with the Paul Pelosi story? Remember we told you that the reporter that aired the story earlier this month, Miguel, um, I think Almaguer was his name, you know, big-time network correspondent for the Today Show on NBC, he, he ran a story earlier this month that was pretty dramatic, said that, uh, you know, he had sources telling him Paul Pelosi opened the door, uh, walked backwards into the house when police came toward his assailants, et cetera, et cetera, and didn't attempt to escape, didn't say he was in distress. We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened in the house before the police arrived. This was in his report, and the report aired on the Today Show. We played the whole thing for you, like, the next day. And then they took it off their website, and then they deleted it from all their social media, and now they've suspended him, and now they've not said anything, and they refuse to comment on his suspension. Isn't there a Society of Hispanic Journalists? I think that's what it's called, in fact. Where, where is the Society of Hispanic Journalists? Where are his colleagues at ABC and CBS and CNN and Fox? And Why is no one saying, hey, he's our colleague, we know him, he does good work? Where is he? I mean, if the story was just flat-out wrong, if Miguel went crazy, then tell us that. Hey, the, the guy, he, he, he went off his rocker and he blurted out a bunch of stuff that isn't true. We're apologizing, we're getting him some help. No one's saying that. They said something kind of vague about it didn't didn't meet their journalistic uh, standards or something like that. But they didn't correct which facts were incorrect or or you know sort of come out with with the red pencil edits of what we should know. I I I think to me, and I realize this story is fading because Nancy Pelosi's not the Speaker of the House anymore, and she's she's not going to run for the Democratic leadership. Um, but I just find it very interesting. Remember when Trump was attacking Jim Acosta, people on other networks were doing stories about it. They were doing stories about their competitor in sympathy with him and in support of him. And we're a brotherhood and it's all, we're all in this together and democracy dies in darkness. And th- what about the darkness around Miguel Almaguer? <laughs> Wasn't, did you guys don't care about him at all? It's good to know you got my back. If I'm a journalist and I and I zig instead of zagging, it's good to know you guys will have my back. It's like Miguel, who? So either he, either he, like I said, either he just went crazy, you know, just like one of these pilots that flies the plane into a mountain, just flamed out, just threw away a, a long, storied television reporting career, just just decided to, you know commit career suicide, or there's really something here and nobody appears to be the least bit interested in it at all. 
that makes me even more interested. Hey, next uh, week, uh, first part of the week next week, uh, J.D. will be in for me here in the late afternoon, so you'll enjoy J.D. and his deep voice, insights into many things. Um, we'll be talking restaurants on the dish coming up here after 6. Uh, we've been talking about, uh, is Elon Musk uh, killing Twitter? Is Twitter going to die because all the people that are leaving, uh, not leaving the platform, leaving the company, as they leave, they're claiming that, that he's going to be sorry and he won't be able to run it without them. But it sounds like um, a lot of what's going to be going on in terms of fact-checking is going to be external, which is which is good. I mean, that means that, that if you get on there and you're Elizabeth Warren and you say something crazy like she does, uh, people that, that are so motivated to do so can, can correct it or add context to it. And, and the same thing with people on the right. And and I think if it's not only coming from inside, uh, it doesn't have that finger on the scale. This is rigged kind of kind of feel to it. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five and dad jokes. Uh, Chris has one for us on KTSa. Chris, good afternoon. Hey, I love uh, dad joke Friday. I don't have a Thanksgiving one, but I do think I have some standing in the dad joke world. The other okay. night, my daughter's saying prayers, and I ask what she's thankful for, and she says, your jokes. So Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. All right, give yeah. me your best dad joke. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the best one. It's one she tells, and after she tells it, she has to explain the punchline. But what did the <laughs> Dalmatians say after dinner? What did the Dalmatians say after dinner? I don't know what. That really hit the spot. Hit the spot. And she says because Dal- and she says because Dalmatians have spots. Yeah, it's good that she adds that context, like on Twitter. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right, yeah, fact check. There. Yes, right. That's right. Thank you, Chris. Have a good weekend. Have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, Victor right. is on KTSa. Hi, Victor. Hey, how you doing, sir? Good. Got a dad joke for us. Yeah, one that didn't work on my 16-year-old daughter. She thought I was Oh, but that's a tough audience. You can't, yeah, you can't be too hard on yourself for that. (laughs) That, That's like telling a joke to Mount Rushmore, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It makes me feel better. Thanks, Jack. Try it on me. So, all right. So, why do monsters not eat ghosts? Why do monsters not eat ghosts? I don't know why. Because they taste like sheet. Oh, yeah, I like that. What's not to like about that? Oh, exactly. man. But that's a tough 16, daughter, 17, I got a 17-year-old. That is a tough crowd. If you, get an, you, if like you get an eye roll, if you get an eye roll, that's like a standing ovation. Oh, you know? well, then maybe it was a silent standing ovation. Then. Okay, that's what that. it is. That's what it is. They're not going to. There's no way they can show you that they that you did anything well or they approve. So it just an yeah, eye roll or yeah. a sigh. Take that for what it's worth, Victor, and, and have a good weekend. Thank you, sir. Uh, we'll get to more of these coming up. 210-599-5555. Uh, dad jokes for Thanksgiving Day. Um, what happened to the turkey that got into a fight? He got the stuffing knocked out of him. There's a lot of them. Why did the turkey cross the road? He wanted people to think he was a chicken. Gobble, gobble. Mm, okay. You uh, remember Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee? Okay. She gave a speech on the House floor about uh, slavery reparations, which we're going to talk about um, more in depth one of these days, because that that's, continues to be an interesting 
uh, topic. But she made quite a connection. Um, so there's, a, there's a, actually a bill before Congress, and she's talking about it. It's, it's like House Bill 40 or something. And, and, it's, and it's to set up a commission to set up or study the setting up of slavery reparations. So she was giving a speech yesterday on the House floor. And um, we've got to do this. We must do this. She was, you know, she was pretty spooled up. And then she connected it to COVID, slavery reparations and COVID. Cut number one. Listen to this. There is no doubt that we have been impacted, that DNA in the trans, uh, the trajectory of slavery to today. For example, at COVID, uh, black African-Americans got COVID at a rate nearly one and a half times higher than that of white people, or hospitalized at a rate nearly four times higher and three times likely to die. COVID hit us very desperately. Interestingly, a recent peer-reviewed study from Harvard Medical School, Harvard Medical School, suggests that reparations for African-Americans could have cut COVID-19 transmission and infection rates both among blacks and the population at large. Reparations are curative. They're not punishment. The analysis continued to look at data uh, throughout the nation. And so as we move in this lame duck session, it is important that we come together for reconciliation, restoration, and provide the commission to study slavery Mm -hmm. and to develop reparation proposals. I thank my colleagues for their support, and I believe together we make America strong, America free, and America just, and America equal. With that, I yield back my time. All right, so she's saying, um, hey, I got a new reason for slavery reparations. That argument's been around for a long time. I got a new reason. Uh, Here's a Harvard study uh, that looks at racial and ethnic disparities in people getting COVID and or dying from COVID, which we've been hearing about all through COVID. That, that's been a discussion. The many have noted that there is quite a difference in your uh, likelihood of getting, suffering, and or dying from COVID. But the explanation is not that your ancestors were slaves. The explanation is that these racial and ethnic groups also have a higher incidence of complicating factors like diabetes or uh, weight um, and and things like that. So she forgot the part about how um, we already know why those things happened. And maybe, I, I guess maybe she's saying that if we paid slavery reparations, if we had been paying them, so we would have had to start this before COVID, when worse than Hitler was president. But if we had been paying them and had paid them, then the the people with the health disparities wouldn't have had them. So she's making that uh, connection. I want to make a suggestion that will sound flippant, and it's not. I want to make, I want to propose a trade. And I, this is a trade I think that Sheila Jackson Lee and the Democratic Party should take. And I make this with sincerity. I will trade you slavery reparations. You, you can have them. We'll do them. In return, in return, I want all of you to get all your hands off of state elections.
I want you to get out of the business of trying to federalize elections. I want you to stop um, this election denier crap. When people raise legitimate questions about how their state or their county conducts an election, that is a legitimate American citizenry thing. So we'll, we'll do your slavery reparations, but you have to completely get out of what's going on in Maricopa County, Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania. You've got to, you, you Democrats have got to get out of all of that. And we're going to have to see you get out of it first. You do that if this matters to you. All I'm asking for are free and open elections, which you would tell me you, you're for them too. No more conspiracy theories about voter ID and you're oppressing people. You have to stop all of that. You have to unilaterally stop all of that. And if you will do that, if you will give us our elections back, and I want the votes counted the day of the election, and I want voting to stop on election day, I don't want votes coming in the next day. I don't want them finding votes later. But if you'll give us all that, we'll give you the slavery reparations. Do you think they would take that deal? You were like, Jack, I, when you started describing this, I was already shaking my head. No, but I, I am serious. I, I think it's time to wheel and deal here. You know, they've wanted this for a long time. We've wanted what I just described for a long time. Let's, let's talk turkey, as they say. 210 599 55 55. All right. Um, coming up, we're going to get to your votes in the JR poll. We're going to talk about some crazy weather. They're getting some crazy snow up in the northeast. It's called Lake Effect Snow. And if you've never heard of this before, i got to tell you about it because it is. It, this is why they're actually having to move. I don't know if you heard this. They're having to move the Buffalo-Cleveland game uh, on Sunday to Detroit. They're not going to be able to play the game in Buffalo. That's how much snow they've had. So. You would think Detroit would have had a lot of snow, too, but it's that lake effect snow. So So Sheila Jackson-Lee says we need slavery reparations because of COVID. Um, Are you moved by her argument? Stephen is on KTSA. Stephen, good afternoon. Hey, uh, I was one of the ones shaking my head the second you started talking about it. They they would never go for it because... They won't take my trade? They won't. They dig their heels in. They do not give up, and that's why they've been kicking our butt in the last few elections. So, nor would I. But I mean, come on. They've wanted this for decades. I'm like, all right, you can have it. I but you got to give me something. So, so that they wanted affirmative action. They wanted welfare state. They wanted all these programs to offset that. They got them. It still hasn't advanced the cause. It still hasn't brought up. Uh, that demographic to the level that they're hoping, and this is just the next thing they're going to argue about. They would be satisfied for about six months, and then they'd go after something else. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you that that everything they've ever said, everything politicians have ever said they were going to do for African Americans has exploded in the face of African Americans. Um, it has it has destroyed communities. It's destroyed families. There was a time before the Great Society when the African-American household had a higher rate of two-parenthood than white households did. This was as recent as the late 1950s. It's, it's, in, it's undeniable that 
as you know, Reagan's old joke, the worst words in the English language are, I'm here from the government. I'm, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help you. Remember that joke? Um, it's undeniable that, that, yes, everything politicians have said we're going to do for black people, or people of color, as they now say, ha- has been disastrous. It has only succeeded in adding to the glory and bragging rights of the politicians. So I, I, I get that. I, I, it's not that I believe reparations are what they are cracked up to be. But if you're going to say now is the time, she said in the speech, we demand this, then okay. I thought to myself, what is something that I am fed up with? What is something that I am at my you know wit's end over? And it's these elections. And how can they say no? I mean, everything everything you would be asking for, they're already claiming they do. Well, we don't. We we believe in free elections. We believe in the integrity of elections. Okay. Well, I'm just going to ask you to do these three or four things, so that we can actually have these elections. And 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 you have to mind that. You have to stick to that. And then we'll talk about the reparations. Chuck Schumer, we played the clip for you. Was it yesterday, Don, or two days ago? The the clip of Chuck Schumer saying. Uh, let's have amnesty for everybody who's in the country illegally. Then he said, I don't know how many that is. He said 11 million or, or however many that is. They've been saying 11 million for 20 or 25 years, so it's obviously more than that. Um, but Schumer says that um, we need, if you heard the clip, he says we need to give amnesty to illegal immigrants because we have a population that is not reproducing on its own. And I pointed out that it's pretty funny that Senator Abortion is um, worried about the population not reproducing. But other people have pointed out another problem with that Schumer statement, which is that isn't he basically stating the great replacement theory, right, that immigration is not meant to add to America, but it is meant to replace Americans. And when people like Tucker Carlson say that, uh, it's a conspiracy, and it's QAnon, and it's racist. So, until recently, if you said that, you were, you know, you were the worst kind of person. Chuck Schumer said that. That's the great replacement theory. That we are in need of new Americans. And the truth is, both the right and the left have their theories, and there are Democrats and Republicans, there are left and right, who want amnesty, who want to just path to citizenship all these, however many millions there are. I guess nobody really knows exactly, which is a problem in and of itself. So one of the things that's changed about the immigration Debate, which it really isn't even a debate anymore. We're just yelling past each other. But the truth is that both sides actually are in favor of letting them all stay. You may not be, but I'm telling you they are. They just have different reasons. And um, that goes back to something I've said before about these two parties, which is that when you get to the upper level, the top level, you know, the elites of both parties, they are one. <laughs> they, they're they virtually indistinguishable. So, Christian, I know you've lived in places where they had snow. Yep. And I have, too. Um, but I will tell you 
of all the places I've ever seen snow, the snow that comes off the Great Lakes, especially like November, December, is un. It's you've never seen anything like this. That's that's why what we're seeing in Buffalo, and they had to relocate the game. I'm I'm not surprised. It's not like a regular because you you might be thinking people might be thinking, well, how big a deal is it? I mean, aren't they used to it? But lake effect snow is like Armageddon. Yeah, I've lived in Des Moines. I would say that that's probably the worst snow I've ever been around. And I remember people talking about lake effect snow in the context that, well, it's not that bad here in Des Moines. We don't get lake effect snow. So I've never experienced that. But if it's worse than what I have experienced in Des Moines, wow. It's worse. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. Because I grew up in Boston and we're like, we had blizzards. And, you know, I had had been through the, 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 the big blizzards up there were 1977 and 1978. And then I, one time I went for a job interview in Rochester, New York, which is just a little to the east of Buffalo. It's on the way to Buffalo. And um, I couldn't make it. It was December. And I was driving, and you could not. They were just turning people back. It, it, and it wasn't like uh, you'll have to take a different route. It was like you just need to go back wherever you came from. It's like, is, it, is the city gone? I mean, is it, did it disappear? No, just there, there, nobody will be getting through for several days. Well, did you get the job later? No, and it's a good thing I didn't either, but that's another story. For <laughs> Maybe another, it was a sign. <laughs> for another, it was like God was blocking me from Rochester. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, that lake affects snow. Here's how bad it was. You know how all the TV stations now, like the ones here have them too. They have those weather wagons or those, you know, mobile trucks they, where the weather guy drives around and reports yeah. on the weather. Mm-hmm. The, the, one of the stations in Buffalo, theirs got stuck in the snow mm. during a live shot. <laughs> and that's <laughs> of and course. That's, get it. People bystanders has to push <sighs> the uh the channel three truck out of the snow. So anyway, that's it's that bad. Mm-hmm. But what it's so unfortunate that they would move the game to Detroit. Like, couldn't you send them to a warmer weather place? I mean, so the Buffalo Cleveland game will be played in Detroit. Yep. Which can't be I'm sure that's not exactly a comfortable place to be this time of year either. Why not go somewhere south? Well, Why I come think to the that... Alamo Dome. Well, that's yeah, that's an idea, but I, I'm betting that Ford Field was the choice because it's, I yeah. guess, it's the closest indoor stadium. Yeah, it's not like the Lions are using it. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> that, that was good. Nice. I I'm love sorry. that. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, we got the dish coming up, um, and we're doing dad jokes two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. If you have a Thanksgiving dad joke, we'll move you to the top of the list, but we'll take all season. Uh, dad jokes as well. We do that every once in a while. Speaking of sports, um, I was interested in the story we had today about uh, this new ownership group. Uh, so San Antonio Sports Star, our sister station, interviewed Reed Ryan, who is uh, part of this ownership group for the San Antonio Missions. And um, he was talking about how they're going to put a little money into Wolf Stadium, but not much, because that stadium is not the long-term home. For the missions, if they're going to really beef this this franchise up and they're going to make baseball more of a thing in San Antonio, uh, then they know that that's not their you know their long term uh, solution. And I was thinking about it, and and we talked about it earlier this week. We had a poll question about the missions, and people called in about whether they go to the games or they don't go to the games, and and is baseball the right way to go if kids are not as into it as we were. Is it maybe not a sport with as bright a future as, as others? 
But I was thinking about when I was listening to these comments that Reed Ryan made, and he seems like a very smart guy, and these are all obviously blue-chip people that are involved in this ownership group. I think we'll be able to tell pretty soon if they are going to do this right or not by where they will choose to put another stadium. Because, I don't know about you, but when I hear politicians talk about putting it downtown, and I hear them talking about downtown a lot, they talk about downtown in a way that no one else does. They talk about downtown like this is a city where we all ride subways and, and you know, mass transit and nobody has a car and we live in apartments. We're like the cast of friends, you know. But the reality is that the people that would go to a missions game um, will drive to a missions game. And that means they're going to want to park where the game is, like right outside. So if you put it up in a place, you know, if you put it in the suburbs, if you put it to the north, if you put it to the northwest, if you put it near Alamo Ranch, then I think I think that would be very smart. If they actually try to build this downtown, and again, I'm not wishing failure on them. I love baseball. But I think if they put it downtown, I think that's a that's a boondoggle. I don't think tourists or people that are here for conventions are going to go see a minor league baseball game. I mean, you got to you got to sell this to people that live here. And I think people that live here are they want to be able to drive, bring their family, pack the car and park, not downtown. I'm not saying we never go downtown, but th- this whole love affair that the politicians have with downtown, it just doesn't match up with the way people really live. In my opinion, you can tell me what you think. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. What do you get if you cross a turkey with a ghost? A poultry geist? What do you wear to Thanksgiving dinner? A harvest? Oh, wow. Can't disinvite Dad to Thanksgiving. All right, 210-599-5555. We mentioned this week that City of San Francisco is going to start a program with um, $1,200 a month basic income handouts to low-income trans people. You have to be trans to get this program in San Francisco. So if you're, if you're a straight, cis, poor person, screw you. I mean, we're not interested in helping you. I mean, it is, it is ridiculous, but there's no, there's no bottom to this. There's no, there's no depth to which politicians will not be able to go to just dole out your money to people who they want to please or reward or, or lock in the vote of. But then I was reading that they have, um, on the application for this, there are 97 genders. There are 97 genders and several dozen pronoun options that you can check off. And I was not familiar with all of these, so I thought you might be interested. Um, among the um, uh, choices... Cisgender woman, woman, glad that's still in there. Transgender woman, woman of trans experience, woman with a history of gender transition, 
trans-feminine, feminine of center. I don't know what that means. MTF, male to female. Demi-girl, T-girl, trans-girl, sister-girl. And then they've got for men, man, transgender man. Um masculine of center, demi-boy, brother-boy. Don, I think I'll call you that sometimes, don't I? Hey, brother-boy. Brother-boy. And I never answer. And you don't answer, now I know. Uh, Gender-queer, agender. That sounds like agenda. What's your agenda? Uh, Xenogender. Sounds like a superhero. Fem, F-E-M, Fem, F-E-M-M-E. Do you say those differently? I have said they're pronounced the same. Butch, boy, B-O-I, stud. Okay, that I want that one. I didn't know that was one. Checking that box. Aggressive, androgen. Not androgynous, androgene, androgen, tomboy, gender outlaw. You remember the gender outlaws, Don? They had a hit like in 83 or 84, I think. Yeah. Gender outlaw, gender nonconforming, gender variant, gender fluid, transmission fluid. I made that one up, but it sounds like it would belong there, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, genderb. Not sure what that means. Bigender, multigender, pangender, gender creative, gender expansive, third gender. Well, how can you be third gender? We're already up to 97. Um, neutra? N E U T R O I S. Would that be neutroi? Neutra? Neutra. Nutella. Uh, polygender, gray gender. That might be me. Got a lot of gray hair. Maybe I'm gray gender. I'm still thinking stud, though. I'm going to pencil it in. What else? Um, intergender, maverick. Maverick? Now, wait a minute. That's, that doesn't sound like any of these. Maverick? What is maverick? I've, I've led such a sheltered life. I, how can I be 57 years old and not know about all these, all these mysteries of life? Um, two spirit, Hajira, Mux, M-U-X-E. Don't know what that is. Probably people are probably laughing right now. Like, what an idiot. He doesn't know what Mux is. I don't. I've not gotten around much. Bakla, Mahu, Waria, Ash time. I'm just reading them the way they look. A A A A A S H T I M E. Ash time. Machoga. Mangaiko. Who's checking these off? I mean, I think we could have stopped already. Is somebody like with this form going like, no, I haven't, I haven't found mine yet. Uh, Winkle. Winkle. 
Uh, I can't even say some of these. Some of them sound like swear words. Kalabai, Kalalai, Bisu. These are all gender options for the um, transgender uh, universal basic income program in San Francisco. You have to be 18 or over, and um, for 18 months you'll get $1,200 a month. Uh, but you just got to check one of these boxes. Well, who couldn't? We could all check one of them. Maverick does sound pretty good. I think I had a Ford Maverick once. <laughs> to t- you have, but you have no is, idea how close my done. hand has I, been on I, the profanity button. I already, I bet it has. Yeah, I, I'm, I've already chosen studs, so you're gonna have to pick something else. Did any of those appeal to you? Any of those jump out at you? Um, <laughs> Not at all. No. I'll have to tell you a nickname. Well, uh, one of the names not, I was on there that getting... I once had when I was a kid, hey, listen, but I will not. Um, you can laugh share all you want, but I guess you're not getting the twelve hundred dollars. I mean, if you were if you were broke in San Francisco, wouldn't it just behoove you to be like, "Hey, I'm going down there. I'm going to tell them I'm I'm transgender." I mean, what are they going to do? They're not going to they're not going to challenge you. This, this kind of people are not going to challenge you and say, "Well, we don't think you are." No. I mean, I, it would be crazy not to, if you lived in San Fran, if you know anybody in San Francisco, they'd be crazy not to get in on this. Just check one of these boxes that nobody knows what it means. Hawame, H-W-A-M-E. I don't know. I probably am, you know what, Don, I'm probably swearing in another language right now. Do you have to bleep me if I swear in another language or if it's only if it's English? See, we've never covered that. We don't know. There's probably no one left in the building to ask at this point on a Friday, right? Management has gone home. So, man, I may have already ended my career here. I don't know. 210 599 but... Um, <laughs> well, I already shared someone who's roaming the building right now. So. 98 genders and several dozen pronoun choices. So 210 uh, we were talking about the missions, the new ownership of the missions uh, says it will take a new stadium, but not right away. And um, I think they have to be very careful about where they build that if they want this thing to work. Brett is on the radio on KTSA. Brett, good afternoon. Uh, hi, I was calling about the mission stadium, but yeah, as far yeah. as y'all got off on another tender about the genders. and you know, to Oh, me, we do that. <laughs> there's there, there's male, there's female, there's homosexual and heterosexual. There's four. That's all there oh, is. Oh, you're so unimaginative. What a caveman you are, Brett. Only four? <laughs> Come on, man. Only four. That's all there is. I mean, and I have no problems with any of them. But these names that you're giving out is, I mean, that's that's that, that's something else. So tell that's me what you mission. think about the missions. I mean, I think if they put it downtown, they can kiss the whole thing goodbye. Yeah, they can kiss the whole thing goodbye. What I think would be a good idea is them moving it up close to their soccer stadium. Uh, Peter Holtz involved in that with uh, mm. the Toyota Stadium and all that they have out there. they got plenty of land. Uh, it's off Wurzbach Parkway that's got a, uh underutilized uh, feedway to the stadium. And I think that would be the best place to put it if they want to do it. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to take a solar-powered streetcar downtown uh, and, no. and, and, you know, that, that isn't going to happen. People aren't going to want to park somewhere and walk, you know, 15 blocks, uh, or pay exorbitantly to park. So you, you've got to have a big parking lot all around it. And if they do that, you're right. They could put it up where Toyota Field is. They could put it out near where the rim is. They could put it out 
near where Alamo Ranch is. They they'd be fine. I think they I think it would thrive if they did that. Well, and the other option is if they do want to put it downtown, then we need to tear down the Alamo Dome and create a stadium that would be uh, wanted by an NFL team, a Major League Baseball team, something mm. like that, because the the Alamo Dome is yeah. outdated. If they're yeah, going well, to put something downtown, then that thing needs to go. Now you're just now you're just talking crazy talk, Brett. You know that we're not going <laughs> to not going to do that. But anyway, sir, have a good weekend. Thank you for the call. I like your thinking. Uh, two, although Brett only wants four genders. I don't know. Good thing he's not in San Francisco. Um, we're going to talk restaurants on the dish coming up. We're doing dad jokes. If you've got a dad joke, hit me with your dad joke. Uh, this is a way to warm them up before you're telling them, you know, to your family next week at Thanksgiving. We'll let you know if you should or not. The American Academy of Pediatrics today urging President Biden to declare a health emergency over the surge in RSV. RSV is the uh, respiratory virus that's going around right now, and, and there are apparently a lot of young people, a lot of school-aged kids getting RSV. It's the season, but the numbers are much higher this year. Uh, so the American Academy of Pediatrics wants an emergency declared due to the surge. Now, I've also read that they think the reason RSV cases are so much higher is because we are dealing with the depressed immune systems of young people that have been recently through lockdowns. I mean, one thing we know about immunity is um, you've got to use it to keep it. You know, it's like, it's almost like a muscle. I mean, if you don't, if you're not out there in the population, if you're not out there in the, in the ecosystem, your immunity deteriorates. And so a lot of doctors are saying, we brought this on ourselves. And it's interesting how many stories like this are coming out of medicine right now. So RSV is one of them. Then I saw a, a study that was done on cancer, and it says that cancer diagnoses are down, but it's not because there's less cancer, it's because screenings for cancer, you know, routine screenings fell off a cliff during COVID. Um, so when you don't go looking for things like breast cancer and cervical cancer and colorectal cancer, you don't find them. Doesn't mean they're not there. And then I saw a study that this was from um, York University. And it says that wearing, listen to this, you're going to fall out of your chair in shock. Wearing a mask can affect our ability to recognize other people. When people wear masks for COVID, it is harder to recognize them. You are kidding me. Get out of town. Uh, it was a study on what they call face perception. Yeah. Shockingly, when you cover the face, it becomes harder to recognize the face. So we have gone very quickly from we are the science, shut up, 
to, oh, please forgive us, we didn't know. Have you noticed this? Every story these days is a, gosh, we didn't realize, or here's an unintended consequence, or, and and, and I mean, that would be okay, maybe, if there hadn't been so much hubris and arrogance in the first place. Like, you can be wrong, and you can say you're wrong, but when you've come out as kind of an a-hole in the first place, when you've declared that you're science, and no one can question you, and no one can engage you, and they're, they're, they're nuts and crazies if they do, that makes it hard for us to extend any kind of forgiveness, sympathy, pat on the back, but that's what's, that's what all these stories have in common right now is these are all things that appear to be outgrowths of the pandemic policies that were, you know, almost universally followed. 210-599-5555. We really have not yet unpacked all the things we've done uh, to ourselves and to um, our society. I, I think we're only at the beginning of it, really. I mean, I think, I think our elections, I'll, I'll put our elections on the, the casualty list for COVID because it was 2020 when a lot of this insanity was invoked in the name of health emergency and we need to do this and it will just be one time. And, um, obviously when we were voting, you know, last, last week or, or, uh, the other day, obviously we were no longer in the, the, the crisis period, but we had a lot of the same, provisions and protocols and they're not going away they're not going to be called back or 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 taken down unless they're forced to i've been reading a lot today i read a number of things about maricopa county arizona i'm not i've never lived in arizona i don't know a lot about it i know that maricopa county is the big county and i know that that's where they had the most problems on election day and i was reading about polling places or precincts or districts or whatever they're called where thousands of people showed up to vote and only one machine worked and the wait was hours in lo- in length i've i've complained you've probably heard me on the radio complain i complain if i have to wait minutes people waited hours to vote uh, all across maricopa county and there were stories of people who eventually left. And this is a very, very red county. One guy said, um, after about the third place, I gave up. I was told they couldn't accept my ballot. Why isn't that called voter suppression? Why is it voter suppression when you require people to have an ID, which everyone can get and it's free, but it's not voter suppression when a person in good faith goes to vote and you make it so hard he gives up. I mean, that's a, that's a disenfranchised voter. Where, where are the crocodile tears over that person? So I found this. This is a guy that went to the Maricopa County uh, 
board of supervisors meeting where they have public speaking time like they have at city council. So, you know, you have your sign up for your, your two minute window or your three minute window. Listen to this guy. I don't know his name. This is an angry Maricopa County, Arizona voter. Take a listen to this. Cut number two. Good morning. Okay. Once again, the eyes of the world are upon Maricopa County for another botched election. Am I here to accuse you of stealing the vote? Heavens no, for that would make me a terrorist, wouldn't it? Let me ask you, if you took your life savings to a bank and the teller put them in a machine and the machine kicked out one out of four of your bills and the teller said, don't worry, we'll put them in box three over here and we'll let you know how many were in there later. We'll send them off to a separate location and someone will be sure to get back to you and tell you how much money you have. Would you be okay with that? No, you would not be okay with that. Now ask yourself the question, which is more valuable, your vote or your money? Now ask a lobbyist that same question. Now ask a campaign manager that question. Now ask Mark Zuckerberg that question, which is more valuable, your money or your vote or your country or this world or the corruption that is taking over every single county in this nation? And then you look into your own soul and you look back at yourself in the mirror and realize that you are the cancer that is tearing this nation apart. Good day. Thank you. (laughs) This this little uh, wimpy guy. Thank you for your comment. Uh, Next person, please. Wow. I was getting some strong Sam Kinison there, Don. Were you getting that? It kind of sounds like the Sam Kinison. That guy. It's time to rock and roll. It's like he's a Maricopa County voter. You know what else it reminded me of was the Dwight Schrute speech. Remember we played that a while back from The Office? There's an episode of The Office where Dwight Dwight Schrute uh, is uh, named Salesman of the Year, and he doesn't know how to give just an acceptance speech, so he gives like this Hitler, you know, um, rally. Uh, speech that's just like completely out of place for a uh, an awards banquet, but because he's so passionate and fired up, the crowd kind of gets into it. They don't know what the hell he's talking about. Um, but yeah, th- th- that guy. I mean, that we should be that angry. We should all be that angry. I mean, why why aren't we demanding? Why aren't we? You know what I think it is? I think for all the complaining that we do, and you're going to hate what I'm about to say, but i got to say it. I think that for all the complaining we do, a lot of people who complain really are not 100% sure. They have a strong feeling, but they're not 100% sure. And they let that little 1%, 2%, 5% um, lack of certainty um, hold them back. I can assure you, if the left ever thought this had been done to them, that they had been systematically screwed with on an election, 
they would there'd be no holding back. You'd have to put you'd have to board up windows, you'd have to put sandbags, you'd have to, you know, guard your property with a rifle. I mean, that that's the difference. That that, that on our side, people have this decency to think, well, I, I'm I'm pretty sure we're being cheated, but I'm not totally all in on it. At least not yet. Um actor Robert Clary has died. He was the last surviving cast member of the TV series Hogan's Heroes, which was a big uh, late 60s sitcom on CBS. 96 years old, died of natural causes, according to his family in Beverly Hills. He played Corporal LeBeau on Hogan's Heroes. Now, Hogan's Heroes was a sitcom about a German POW camp in World War II, which sounds to our 2022 ears like it would be so politically incorrect you just could never do it. I mean, you're making a show that's a comedy about the the German POW camp, but it was a great show. And uh, an incredible cast, Richard Dawson, Robert Crane, uh, Werner Klemperer, so many others, uh, Ivan Dixon. He was the last surviving member. He did other things, too. He did soap operas and movies. And um, the, the fascinating thing about Robert Clary is that he played a French POW, but he actually was a Holocaust survivor. He lost virtually his entire family to the Nazi uh, concentration camp. And he spent, I think, three years in one himself as a young man, as a, as a like a teenager, an adolescent, and uh, never forgot that. Took it very seriously, yet at the same time was able to recognize the, the 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 genius and the entertainment of a TV show like Hogan's Heroes. And I always thought when I when I was a kid and we'd watch that show. Of course, I didn't know any of that. But when I found that out later, I always thought that just spoke volumes about the kind of man he must have been. May he rest in peace. <laughs> We are ready to rock the dish for this hour of the show, last hour of the week. We're going to talk restaurants, your experience with your most recent restaurant visit, encounter. Whether you ate there or got it delivered or drove through, you can call 210-599-5555 right here, right now. Uh, and tell me about a new restaurant or one that's new to you or sing the praises of an old favorite. You can praise or zing. Mm. There you go. Praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience anywhere in San Antonio or South Texas. 210-599-5555. Please have the complete correct name of the restaurant about which you are calling. Is it, um, is it Denna? Dina. Dina. Boy, we're going to get Don Cooper some spelling lessons. He is No, it, not... he didn't spell it wrong. My dad did. <laughs> Your dad spelled it wrong? Oh, so how do you spell yeah. it? You're, he spelled it D-E-N-N-A. He had dyslexia, so he didn't spell right. No. <laughs> but you pronounce it Dina. Yes. 
Gotcha. Well, I apologize for mispronouncing it, and um, and thank you for calling. And and what are we talking about here? Oh my goodness! It's um, at Crossroads Boulevard near uh, Fredericksburg Road. It's called La Tequila, and it's wonderful. They have a senorita chicken that is scrumptious, and they have um, I'm not sure where it originated from, but it's called Berria. It's B I R R I A. It's like a, a a Spanish roast or you know Mexican roast that they uh, put in a taco with mm-hmm. a dipping sauce. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. restaurant is so clean, so clean. So you said it's over on Crossroads uh, Boulevard and Balcones Heights, right? Yes, sir. Okay. And tell me a little I mean, is it a big place, small place? What's it like inside? It's about medium size. They have a bar and a party area off to the side around, um, off from, like, it looks like it was an addition, building addition, but it's all, it looks uniform. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can have parties there. I had my hmm. birthday party there one time. Nice. Nice. Looks like it's open breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It stays open really late, too. Yes. Very nice. All right, La Tequila Jalisco, restaurant, bar, and grill, 90 Crossroads Boulevard. Dina says praise for La Tequila Jalisco. Dina, thank you for the call. Sorry for mispronouncing your name. Um. I probably would Uber over there if I was going to go because isn't isn't that area isn't that the area in Balcony Sites where they have all the speed cameras? I think it is, isn't it? Man, I'm not driving over there. I'll I'll take an Uber. Uh two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. You can praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience on the dish. We're taking those calls and we'll take any dad jokes that you have on Dad Joke Friday, and we'll have the results on the JR poll coming up uh, in just a little while. Today is the day in history, that those people in the uh, Jim Jones cult committed that mass suicide in the nation of Guyana. Remember that? It was 1978. It was like 900 people or something. It was a huge number of people that were the followers of this Reverend Jim Jones. And they drank poison, stirred into like a fruit-flavored drink. And the question came up a few years ago. Somebody asked, I remember we looked it up at the time, is that where the term don't drink the Kool-Aid came from? And apparently it is. So you hear people say that all the time. It's a way of saying don't, don't fall for it, don't believe what everybody's falling for you know don't drink the kool-aid about crypto or don't drink the kool-aid about this or about that 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 apparently dates back to the i don't know if they literally had kool-aid at jonestown but they had some kind of thing like that so don't drink the kool-aid 210-599-5555 as we take your calls on the dish to praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience terry is on the dish happy friday terry Happy Friday, Jack. Hey, uh, before I mention the restaurant, I want to, uh, I see a lot of people on Facebook, restaurant Facebook, uh, in San Antonio asking about Thanksgiving dinner. And just don't forget the Jimenez Thanksgiving dinner next Thursday. You know, if you're by yourself, there's no reason for it. Good but, point. But my restaurant, my restaurant that I want to give a zing to is Purple Garlic in Hollywood Park. 
I had read so many reviews on this Facebook restaurant page about the one on Austin Highway and how great it was and everything. My wife and I, we live in Floresville. We went up the other week, and I, I can uh, – Stouffer's out of a box. I had the lasagna, and Stouffer's out of the box would wow. be that lasagna. Wow. And since I was there, I've also seen other postings on the Facebook restaurant page, uh, San Antonio, about other people having the same experience. And hmm. just that it's nothing like the one was on Austin Highway. That is very interesting because um, I, I believe they closed the one on Austin Highway, didn't they? They did, yes. And so I know a lot of they, people, when that happened, said, oh, well, don't worry, there's this other one. Uh, up on 281, but you're saying not as good. Uh, you know, I'm, my first experience, I would not go back. I no. mean, again, no. if I want lasagna again, it definitely wouldn't be a purple garlic. Yeah. And But like I said, last weekend I seen some other people posting Austin Highway photos of the, of the lasagna yeah. and then the one up on 281, and they had the exact same reply that I'm giving you tonight yeah. as well. Not the same thing. All right. That's good information to know. I appreciate you letting everybody know. Terry, thank you, sir. You have a good weekend. A zing for Purple Garlic at 15909 San Pedro in Hollywood Park. So it tasted like frozen food, which isn't a put-down if you know you're having frozen food. Right? Maybe you take it out of the freezer and heat it up. It's okay. 210-599-5555, praise or zing. Your most recent restaurant experience on The Dish. Tom is on the radio on KTSA. Happy Friday night, Tom. Howdy. Yeah, same to you. Night Friday night for Polar Bear. Hey, uh, <laughs> I think I accidentally gave your uh, screener the wrong name, but I think you knew what I was talking about. It's Black Bear Diner over on uh, Military, Southeast Military. It's actually a chain restaurant I wasn't aware of uh, when we went. And, uh, but uh, I was really impressed with that little place. And the thing that impressed me the most, everything was good. I tried a little bit off everybody's plate. But I got the soup instead of the salad, and it was chicken mm-hmm. noodle soup. Mm-hmm. And I came within a butterfly's breath of turning down my dinner if I hadn't already ordered it and would have got me a five-gallon bucket of that chicken noodle soup. Wow. That was absolutely That the that the menus are the are, are comparable at both places, but the food tastes better at Black Bear. Is that what you're saying? Pretty close. Yeah, I, yeah. I think Black Bear Black Bear goes a little more southern. Uh, mm-hmm. Where Cracker Barrel, sometimes like their hash brown casserole. A lot of I don't know what that is. Maybe a little more closer to you know. If you weren't going to go with a good old tortilla, you know, here in San Antonio, that that's the next best southern breakfast I've come across. Wow. And it's funny because according to what I'm looking at here, it looks like it started in California. Uh, yeah, actually, I, well, I thought it was Washington State. Yeah, it says their headquarters are in Redding, California, and yeah. Uh, yeah, the, well, their first restaurant was in Vallejo, California. So, 
oh, okay, I, I misread their thing, but yeah. But I, I will tell you this: way. you wouldn't expect you wouldn't expect either California or Washington State for the kind of food you're describing, right? That's kind of surprising. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, yeah, I want to try that sure. then. That sounds really good. Uh, Twenty-seven oh seven Southeast Military Drive. What is it near, or what's a landmark that it would that, that would help find um, it? It's at the corner of New Braunfels and Southeast Military. There's a Texas Roadhouse that's directly on the corner, and this okay. one would be just just west, the very next building west of that Texas Roadhouse. Right there, same parking lot, same everything. Well, I'm going to try that. That sounds great, and I definitely want to try that chicken soup. We're getting into chicken soup season for sure. Tom, you have a good weekend yeah. and good Thanksgiving. Thank you, sir, for the call. Praise for Black Bear Diner. 2707 Southeast Military Drive. On the dish on a Friday night. Al on the dish here next on KTSA. Happy Friday night, Al. And the same to you. How are you, Thank sir? Thank you. I'm good. I'm, I'm doing very well. I'm kind of, I always feel a little bittersweet about the last few minutes before I take a little time off because I missed this, but, uh, but it'll be good to get a little break. So, uh, are you all set for Thanksgiving? I am, sir. I am. I recently retired from a major retail grocer back in February. This will be the first year I'm not having my family figure their schedule to meet my retail schedule. Wonderful. Wonderful. Congratulations on that. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, my wife and I, we live in Lavernia, and uh, last week we were in Seguin, and uh, went to Giuseppe's Italian Grill, which is located off of IH-10 and uh, State Highway 123, uh, back behind the Shell Station. Excellent food. Excellent service. Hmm. Couldn't ask for better. What did you have? I had crab ravioli, which was in a um, a cream uh, tomato sauce. Uh, Alfredo, uh, tomato Alfredo. And then my wife had Italian sausage uh, with spaghetti and a bolognese sauce, a couple of nice little salads, and then we had two plates that we took home to our boys who were at home waiting on us, teenage boys, and uh, they arrived home hot and fresh, and it it was really a nice experience. That does sound nice. What made you try this place? What was the, how did you get to go there? We know through church, know some of the people uh, that run the restaurant and had always been meaning to go there and go there. And finally, we just said, we're near, let's go. So we did. And it was well worth the visit. Oh, that's great. I love hearing that. I love hearing it when it ends that way. You know, you've been looking forward to it, looking forward to it, and then it pays off and it's what you wanted. That's the kind of story we love. Well, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and a relaxed one. And thank you, sir. And uh, Al, with praise tonight on the you dish like for Giuseppe's bird. Italian Grill. Giuseppe's Italian Grill, 3003 Highway 123 in good old Seguin. And that's our first time on the dish getting a call for Giuseppe's Italian Grill. 210-599-5555 uh, as we take your calls to praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. Let's talk to Tom next on KTSA. Tom, happy Friday night. Happy Thanksgiving, sir. And happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, that too. Absolutely. Well, what's up? um, Well, my wife and I went to, well, we didn't go to, I ordered an order to pick up. 
and um, it was a Cabo Bob's mm-hmm. of four ten right at Broadway. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and uh, it was awful. Oh, it what happened? Ab- it was absolutely awful. Um, so they had this burrito uh, that they were serving, and it had it said it had uh, peppers. Uh, green peppers. Mama doesn't eat peppers, but she wanted the burrito. So I asked for the uh, the peppers on the side, and because I thought I'd put them on my tacos, and um, and then I ordered the fish tacos. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got there about I uh, got there, Jack, just as they were putting it in the in the bag, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I took it straight to the hotel. We've got we're staying in a hotel right now, just about a block away. And I got there. The fish tacos were cold, mm. and the burrito was just stuffed with those peppers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my gosh! You know, it's the first time I'd been there. I had heard good things about it. Uh, I will not ever go back over there. It's interesting because the first time we got a call about Cabo Bob's, it was a few years ago, and I'm looking at my notes. The the caller was from California, and he said that, you know, they're renowned, especially around San Diego, they're renowned for their fish tacos, and he said that these were the best ones he'd ever had outside of California, which sounded like like, like a pretty big deal. Um, Jack, I heard. I remember I li- I heard that call. Yeah, and that's what I had in mind when I when I ordered from them. Yeah, wow. I know it's too but late I, now, but if you ever get a chance to try uh, the fish tacos at Los Bolitos, those are really good. Bolitos. Los Bolitos. B A L I T O S. Oh, Bolitos. Okay. Yeah, go all to right. the one. Go to the one in Embassy. I don't know about all of them, but the one I've gone to. Uh, in Embassy Oaks is I, that's the only thing I get when I go there is the is the fish tacos they're so good. Oh, cool! I will definitely try it. Thank you, man. And I, and I hope they're hot. <laughs> and I hope you have a good I hope you have a good Thanksgiving, uh, Tom. Thank you for the call. A zing this time around for Cabo Bob's, uh, eight forty seven Northeast Loop four ten at Nacogdoches. A zing <laughs> or a gobble zing. A turkey zing, 210-599-5555 as we roll along with your calls on the dish on a Friday night. Uh, Thomas is on KTSA. Happy Friday night, Thomas. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jack. I've I've never been there, but I've heard the burnt bean barbecue in Seguin is supposed to be the best barbecue on earth. I wonder if any of your listeners can uh, have something to say about that. We have had call. I can tell you, we've had a number of people uh, call about it, um, and they all loved it. Um, I'm looking at my notes right here. We've had calls going back about a year and a half, and every one of them were uh, praise calls, um, saying, "Yeah, best barbecue. Everything is good. Uh, it, there is a line most of the time, but it's worth you know waiting for." Um, yeah. So it, it. I have not tried it myself, but. We've had multiple people say the, pretty much the same thing. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Thank so. you. All right. And you're talking about the one in Seguin, right? Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, 108 South Austin Street in Seguin. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been uh, one, two, three, four, five calls since July of 
2021. Uh, all praise for Burnt Bean Barbecue. We're going to get to more of your calls. We're going to update KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Be careful. It's dark. Now it's wet. And uh, everybody's in a hurry. <laughs> and now we're getting into the crazy. All right, if you notice, we're starting to get into like the the crazy, I'm in a hurry, I've got too many things to do, holiday driving. I, I've always felt like there was a kind of driving people do right before Thanksgiving and then when we get close to Christmas. So just drive defensively with all that in mind. I'm in a quicksand and I'm starting to sing. I need someone to help me, but I don't know which way to turn. I know I don't have much of a choice. Six thirty-eight on San Antonio's five fifty and one zero seven one KTSa Jack Riccardi. So I won't be here next week. I'll be back the following week, and the following week, which is the last week of November, is also the last full week before wrapping with Jack. I mean, I know Christmas is a long way off, but I always got to remind people we don't have till December twenty-fifth. We have till basically like December 2nd. So if you're donating money, if you're buying gifts and dropping them off at our sponsor locations, if you're, if you're giving in any of the ways that are available at ktsa.com where you see the wrapping with Jack button, it's in the upper right hand corner of the homepage. It, whatever you want to do, and I hope you will help us. But if you're thinking about it, I need you to do it. I need you to get on there and do it. I mean, do it tonight, do it tomorrow, do it before you get into the craziness of, of Thanksgiving shopping and you're in the long lines and then the relatives come over. And because when we, right about the time most of us start thinking about our own Christmas, whether it's gift giving or whatever it is that you do, right around the time that, that most people start to really like get into that, we're already done. This will already be over. Uh, and, and there's logistical reasons for why we do it so early. So we would love to have your help. Uh, you can give money, you can give gifts, ktsa.com, and then join us. We're going to have our big wrapping event for the first time since 2019. We're all going to be together again. New location, Blue Bonnet Palace in Selma, December 6th from 6 to 8 for our 2022 Wrapping with Jack. This is, believe it or not, our 24th annual Wrapping with Jack year. So. Uh, we thank our sponsors, Quartermoon Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, River City Oral Surgery, Institute for Functional Health, and Copenhagen Furniture. Uh, 210-599-5555. We're talking restaurants on the dish. Uh, we're also going to remember a uh, one of the most legendary moments in American sports history, the 40th anniversary of which is upon us. And Richard... Says here has a dad joke for us on Dad Joke Friday. Hi, Richard. Uh, good evening, sir. Just needed to give you a quick, quick little quip here. The young lady potato had been through a few relationships in her time, and she started to date a news personality, and uh, it was getting pretty serious. And her parents were somewhat concerned. The reason they were concerned is that they didn't want her to spend her life with a commentator. Oh, wow. I, I got to be honest, Richard. The lead-in was making me worry, but that was awesome. A commentator. That was very You paid good. off on that one. That was very, very good. Um, do you tell your jokes to a lot of people? Are you the kind of guy that kind of, you know, when he has a good joke, he shares it? or? 
Well, I, I do. I make my children cringe a whole lot. Yeah. And uh, yeah. inev- inevitably, any new friends I will bring up, have you heard the one about, and they'll say, no, stop right now. <laughs> I know that they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, making your kids cringe is what dad jokes are all about. That's the whole purpose of them. So good on you, Richard. Have a good Thanksgiving. Have a good weekend. Thank you, sir. Commentator. I like that. I like it. Two ten. This was kind of weird, kind of interesting. I had a little chuckle when I saw this in the news today. The nation of Finland. It, and Finland, let's be honest, Finland doesn't make us laugh very often. Not very often we start out with a joke about Finland. It's not, this isn't a joke. This is true. Uh, the nation of Finland is planning to build a border fence on its border with Russia. Prime Minister this week announcing a barbed wire border fence along Finland's long border with Russia. They voted it through their parliament and got the funding. And um, it's like in this country, they've debated whether it's sensible, possible, affordable, uh, practical. I wonder if anyone will call them racist. I wonder if they'll be called racist for building a, a fence, Finland building a fence against Russia. If you had a border with Russia, you'd probably want a fence on it too, right? 210-599-5555. We're talking restaurants on the dish. We've got the results on the JR poll coming up. And I mentioned uh, we are uh, coming up. It'll be Sunday, in fact, is the actual 40th anniversary. Sunday is the 40th anniversary of maybe, I mean, this is a hard thing to say definitively, but maybe the most incredible, memorable, single play in a football game ever. I mean, we've had one-handed catches. We've had the helmet catch. We had the butt fumble. We had the butt punt. We've had all kinds of crazy things happen in football games. We had the guy that ran the wrong way. The play is what they call this. The play is a legendary moment between the California Golden Bears and the Stanford Cardinal. These two elite Collegiate rivals were playing a football game on Saturday, November 20th, 1982. And it had been a wild game. It had been a back-and-forth game. And Stanford had taken a lead, 20-19, to on a field goal with four seconds left. And now they had to kick off to the University of California Golden Bears. And you know what football teams often do on those last-second plays is they start throwing laterals. And I have to say, I've seen that countless times. And really, what, about 99.9% of the time, those last-minute laterals, lateral, lateral to this guy, lateral to that guy, it doesn't work. Somebody drops it. Well, the Golden Bears started throwing laterals. And as they were doing it, everyone in the stadium believed that the game was over. So they were coming onto the field. The Stanford band came onto the field. And this is how it sounded. The announcer's name is Joe Starkey. This is one of the most legendary calls ever in college football, but it's also one of the most incredible moments. From 40 years ago Sunday, this is... The play. What a 
recovery by Stanford. You have to give them all sorts of credit. Fourth and 17 of their own 13-yard line to defeat Derryman in the face, and they saved it. They pulled it out. What a show. All right, here we go with the kickoff. Harmon will probably try to squib it, and he does. Ball comes loose, and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline, another one. Still in deep trouble at midfield. They tried to do a couple of... The ball is still loose as they get it to Rogers. They give it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. All the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. He's going to go into the end zone. Will it count? The Bears have scored, but the bands are out on the field. There were flags all over the place. Everybody's milling around on the field. The Bears! The Bears have won! The Bears have won! Oh my God! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game over Stanford. Oh, excuse me for my voice, but I have never, never seen anything like it in the history of I've ever seen any game in my life. The Bears have won it. There will be no extra point. I got to tell you, that guy's voice makes it for me. I mean, it's it's even better with his voice. I mean, he shouldn't even apologize. The band is on the field. I mean, you got to love that, right? And if you've ever seen it, I remember. I remember as a kid watching like the. I didn't see the game, but I mean, it was on all the all the TV sportscasts. And we had a we had a guy in Boston named Bob Lobel who was a very 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 highly rated. Very funny uh, sports anchor on Channel Four, and I mean he was he was must see television. Nobody missed Bob Lobel, and I remember him playing this, and everybody on the set is laughing. The anchor people, the weather guys, everybody's laughing. It's just it's even better when you see it because they're they're, they're doing the laterals, which is always insanely chaotic. But then the the guy carrying the ball runs into the band. The band is all over the end zone. And he he knocks down, I mean, just demolishes one guy and probably hits some others. But And then they had to, you know, there was a very quick conference with the refs over because there had been flags uh, on the play, um, but the flags were on Stanford for encroachment, and the laterals were legal, and the guy crossed the, the goal line. And so as crazy as it looked... And it was very controversial. And for many, many weeks afterwards, there were all kinds of objections. There were claims that at one point the ball carrier's knee was down before he got to the end zone. There were complaints about the legality of, of, uh, you know, the laterals. Um, and, 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 and I think I feel like today, Don, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like today in the era of instant replay, this might not have hung together. Like there might have been something they could have, you know, nitpicked and said, "Well, that, wait a minute, that right there." But you didn't have that. There, there, there was no, um, there was no replay. There was no throwing the red flag. There was none of that in 1982. So the play stood. The victory stood. The play from November 20th, 1982. They call it the big game every year when they play, and it really was a big game and a big finish that year.
key on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Wow. Where else can you get a song within a song? Where else, indeed? 653 on KTSA. On the JR poll, the question was, will Elon Musk kill Twitter or make it better? I mean, why would he buy it and then kill it? Uh, 91% think he's uh, making it better. 9% think he's killing it. And obviously the people he's firing or people who are quitting uh, think he's killing it. Time will tell, right? Uh, we'll have a new JR poll a week from Monday. And you'll have J.D. Hayworth in for me uh, next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Some special programming on Thursday and Friday. And um, please don't forget about Rapping with Jack. And give if you can, when you can. If you get a little time to yourself before Thanksgiving, that's a good time to hit the website. We've been uh, talking about... Uh, Dad, or we've been hearing dad jokes throughout the show, and we've got a couple more of those before we go tonight. Uh, Frank has one for us on KTSA. Hi, Frank. Hi, Jack. How you doing? Good, thank you, sir. You got a dad joke for us? Well, it's actually a great granddad joke. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it's the granddad of all dad jokes. Hmm. It was I'm given ready. to me by a twelve. It was given to me by a twelve-year-old. Anyway. <laughs> Why is Dr. Pepper a doctor rather than a mister? Why is Dr. Pepper a doctor rather than a mister? I don't know. Why? Because he's a physician. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Not only is that funny, but that was impeccably delivered, Frank. Very nicely done. I would... I would go to your comedy show, sir. Thank you for that. Have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you, Frank. Uh, one more dad joke from Steve before we get out of here. Steve, welcome to the show. Happy Friday night. Well, happy Friday to you and happy Thanksgiving. Uh, mm, always a thank pleasure, you. Jack. Okay, uh, you may tell Christian to not take my calls anymore after this one, but here it is. Why did the rooster, the rooster, why did the rooster cross the road? Why did the rooster cross the road? I don't know why. To get that little hen house outside of Lagrange. Oh, look at you! You had a lot going on there with that. There was there were many levels to that. Uh, thank you, Steve. You have a good Thanksgiving too, and thanks for sharing that with us. Thanks to everybody who told them, emailed them, didn't get through. Everybody with dad jokes. Thank you for all of those. We just once in a while on a Friday. Not often. Maybe not again this year. I don't know. But once in a while, we'll do a dad joke Friday, and you always come through, uh, and we definitely. Definitely appreciate it. I did want to mention, um, I mentioned rapping with Jack and I did want to mention, um, something I, I, I always talk about. Please help us and donate. The other thing I want to keep remember, reminding you of is unlike the last two years when we were not able to, um, have an event, uh, we do have an event this year. So a- after you give and you tell people you've given and you tell your coworkers and spread the word and when you're with your family next week, in case they don't listen to KTSA, um, if you can't get them to listen, at least tell them about Rapping with Jack and direct them to the website so they can give and be a part of it. But we also invite everybody to come out and join us 
at the famous Blue Bonnet Palace in Selma on December 6th from 6 to 8. And if you've never been to one of our wrapping events, if you're new to the show, this is where everybody comes together to wrap the gifts that have been donated. Um, and we're going to have big tables and all the wrapping stuff you need. And uh, it's a big party. We have Ken Slavin and his band doing Christmas songs. It's a live broadcast. It'll be between 6 and 8 p.m. on December 6th at Blue Bonnet Palace in Selma. All the details are at KTSA.com. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. God bless. See you a week from Monday.